Thank you for tuning into this sermon from New Life Student Ministries. Our goal is to inspire, equip, and support our students and families with biblically rich and God-centered teaching. These messages are meant to be supplemental and not substitutional for our weekly gathering. We hope this sermon is a blessing to you and your spiritual walk. I'm super excited tonight because we are starting a brand new series. Uh, we are starting a series in the Psalms, and it's, we're, we're talking about how to be human. Um, can we get the first slide up? So we're talking about humanity. Yes. And I think this picture pretty much sums up the human nature. If you can't see it, because it's a little fuzzy, there's a big pipeline going out into some type of water source, and it says don't play on the pipe, and a bunch of stupid kids, of course, are on the pipe, because they've been told not to go on the pipe, so what are you going to do? I would go on the pipe. If it says don't do it, I'm going to do it. But I think that this really kind of sums up the idea of being human. Um, we all kind of have these moments in life where we love to challenge things. We love to go against the grain. Uh, if there's a sign that says, don't push the big red button, what are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. Why people even come up with big red buttons anymore, I don't know, because they're there to be pushed. So the problem, though, is with the idea of being human. We look at the Psalms and we look at being human. There's this, there's this weird element that comes into play where most of us have several different human selves. We really think about it. You go through your day. You have your church self. You come in and you polish yourself up and you look really good. You, you pretend to be really, really holy for a couple hours at least. Most of you, some of you do a better job at that than others. And then you run through the halls. You, you, you do the church thing. Then you go to school and you've got your school self. Some of you are athletes. Some of you are, um, I'm, I was not an athlete. Let's, let's call that what it is. Yeah, thank you, Jones. Thank you, Jones. Not an athlete, okay? I don't do the sports ball. Um, some of you, that's theater. Some of you, that's music. But we all have these different elements of ourselves. But the hardest part is, is that at the end of the day, every one of us has this kind of soft, inner, squishy self. And that's that self that it wants to connect with Jesus. It yearns to connect with the Father. Whether you believe that or not, and that's okay if you don't, we're going to work on that. But whether you believe that or not, the fact is, is that the absolute moment of happiness that you're going to find in your life is when you connect with Jesus. But a lot of times, being human gets in the way of this. So I have a little illustration for us this evening to kind of maybe look at an idea of that. Jack, come on up, please. J-Lo, what kind of cake do you like? Do you like chocolate or do you like white? You're a white cake. Bring the chocolate cake, please. Okay, so here's the thing. I believe that God gives us amazing gifts throughout life. Jack, do you like cake? Then put a fake mask on and lie and tell the people you like cake. I love cake. That's what I thought. Most normal people like cake, okay? I love cake, guys. Go ahead, and, go ahead and open up this cake. So I think God gives us these beautiful gifts throughout our life, right? We have, he, he tries to give us these amazing things, these friendships, these relationships in our lives, these gifts of who we are, all these different blessings. But we sometimes get in the way. Get that Easter bunny off there. That's not going to work for me. But sometimes we ourselves get in the way. And what gets in the way, I need you to put this mask on for me, <laughs> is this mask that we put on. 
Because at the end of the day, whether you want to stand there and confidently tell me that, oh yeah, Mr. Zach, I'm, I'm, I'm confident in who I am and I know, I know who I am, that, is, that, that lies, lies. Because I know that you're terrified. I was terrified. Victor was terrified. All of us go through life in these moments of being terrified and wounded and hurt. Why? Because we live with other people and we don't know what they're going to do to us. And so here's the thing. We put these masks on thinking that it's going to hide all the parts of ourselves that we don't like. Hide all of our sins, those secret sins that we think nobody else knows anything about, but all of you come up to the leaders and talk about at the same time. Uh, it hides all of the scars and the wounds, those family situations that you are really embarrassed about that you don't want anybody else to know. So, but we still try to enjoy what, what God has for us. So, Jack, you can take the mask off at any point in time, but I want you to eat this cake. However you want to do it, I want you to eat the cake. Please eat the cake. Stop. Put your mask back on. There's one more thing. See, every one of us has the ability to take this mask off. The ability to control our lives and work with God, we have that ability, right? We have the ability to say, hey, I'm going to confess. I'm going to talk to the Lord about what's going on in my life and be real. The problem is, is that things get in the way. So, um, let me see here. Uh, I just need, uh, you come on up for a second. <laughs> I need you to hold the mic for me. So, Jack, please turn around. The problem is, <laughs> there's a few things that, you can hold it up to me because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to handcuff him. There's a few things that get in our way. We have sin and we have shame. The problem is, is that they bind our hands, so we no longer can have the ability to work with our life the way that we need to. Thank you very much, my dear. Good, good. Are you enjoying your cake, Jack? It's in your eyes? Yeah, that's unfortunate. Okay, go ahead and stand back. Yeah, I'll, okay, there we go. And see, this is the problem. We don't actually get to enjoy the gifts of God because it's smeared all over our face. Because, go ahead and try to take those handcuffs off. <laughs> I want it noted, I got his mom's permission to handcuff him before we did this. Can you take those cuffs off? I promise you, you can't. Keep trying, though. No. Okay. All right. Now you ain't getting out of those cuffs. Those are ASP cuffs, brother. Here's the thing. At the end of the day, there's one person that has the key. That's Jesus. Jesus has the key to loosen those shackles, to take off the cuffs. It's the gospel that we declare over our own problems.
Great job, buddy. Great job. See, guys, the reason I'm super excited about the Psalms is because predominantly they were written by David. And I really like David. Uh, I got to talk about this at the high school retreat. And one of the reasons I like David is because David has done a remarkable job screwing up his life. Here's the thing. You have always been told how David is this hero. He is this king. He is this amazing person, all of which is true. But David was also a really, really terrible human being. Um, let's call that what it is. David put another dude at the front lines of a battle so that he would die so that he could take his wife. That's pretty terrible. I have done some awful things in my life. I have never killed somebody so that I could take their wife. Um, just Let's put that disclaimer out there. I have never done that. David was not this most amazing, shining guy. But what he was is he was authentic. He was real. Go ahead and show up that, that mask picture if we've got it up there. I think this is how a lot of us go through junior high. I know this is how I went through junior high. I started my junior high career um, living homeless uh, in the back of a 16-passenger uh, van with my family. Um, didn't tell anybody that. We would go to like the YMCA and uh, we would shower there. We would go to food kitchens to get uh, our meals. Uh, but my family lost our house. So I walked around with this kind of mask on of like, no, everything's okay. All is well. Dad was horribly abusive, physically, emotionally, mentally. Every day was another giant fight, just waiting to see if it was going to be a knockdown, drag-out brawl. But if you went to church, you would think that I was just this put-together, polished person. And I think the issue is, is a lot of us in our life miss out on the beauty of the relationship with Jesus because we think we have to put a mask on when we're dealing with God. And the fact is, is that he knows the integrity of our hearts. So tonight we're talking about confession. Um, so I want to read a, uh, a, quick, uh, a quick psalm since we're going into psalms. We're going to read Psalm 51. It's one of my personal favorite psalms. And I really like the message version. Um, so we're going to read it from, the if you have the NIV, that's cool, that's fine too. But I really like the way the message version says it. So uh, read it with me. It says, gracious in love, God Give grace. Generous love. Generous love. Generous love. Huge is your mercy. Wipe out my bad record. Scrub away my guilt. Soak out my sins in your laundry. I know how bad I've been. I know that my sins are staring me down. You're the one that I have violated, and you've seen it all. You've seen the full extent of my evil. You have all the facts before you. Whatever you decide about me is fair. I've been out of step with you for a long time, in the wrong since before I was even born. What you're after is truth from the inside out. So enter me. Then conceive a new and true life. Soak me in your laundry and I will come out clean. Scrub me and I will have a snow white life. Tune me into the foot tapping songs. Set these once broken bones to dancing. God, make a fresh start in me. Shape a genesis weak in me from the chaos of my life. Don't throw me out into the trash or fail to breathe holiness into me. But give me a job teaching the rebels your ways so that the lost can find their way home. Communicate my death sentence, commute my death sentence, and unbutton my lips, dear God, for I'll let out your praises. Dear brothers and sisters, this is the word of the Lord. And all people's, God's people said, oh, Pastor Faith would be so proud of you. Uh, so here's the thing. When we look at David's response here, what happened is basically 
right before this, David is lusting after another woman. Um, he's, he's in this moment of adultery, and this prophet, Nathaniel, he comes, and he basically just calls him out. He's like, bro, um, not today, not happening, not cool. So David goes, and, and he sits in this place of confession. Um, go ahead and throw that next slide up there. Um, so our God statement tonight is God is worthy of confession. And I know that can get a little bit weird. Um, there's different varying religions out there that have different ideologies on confession. Um, we all have a different perspective on how we confess to the Lord. Some sit there at night before they go to bed and like, dear Lord, please forgive me for my sins. And then they sit there with this litany of everything that they've done wrong throughout the day. That's cool if that's you. Um, but at the end of the day, David's response to his sin is he doesn't run and he doesn't hide. It's confession. See, ever since Eden, we've had a pretty standard response to, to sinning or to doing anything wrong or to being human, and that is we run. We are not great people. We like to believe that we are just these, like, alpha people. Um, I, I love Navy SEALs. I think they're super cool. I could never be one. Uh, that was always a goal of mine. I was like, either be like a PJ or a Navy SEAL. First off, look at me. Is this terrifying anybody? No. I'm, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. This is not terrifying anybody. This is not who you want coming behind enemy lines to rescue you. Someone goes down behind enemy lines, and I start like, <laughs> hey, guys, uh, so uh, what's going on? Let's get everybody out of here. Yeah, that's not terrifying anybody. You want that big, giant, jacked dude, right? The problem is, is that in America, we all believe that we're that big, giant, jack dude, but really on the inside, we're like a little Keebler elf baking cookies, and we're like, ah, sin, ah, and we run away. It's a problem. We've been running away since Eden, and here's the thing. What did they do in the Garden of Eden? What's the first thing that they did after they ran? They hid. What's the next thing that they did? Eh. There we go. They put clothes on. They were ashamed of their nakedness. They threw a mask on to hide themselves from the authenticity of who they are. We've been putting masks on for generations, folks. The problem is, is that that doesn't let us be who we are. And eventually that mask gets really, really hot, and it gets bothersome, and it gets to load us down. And we don't even know who we are anymore because we look in the mirror and we say, I don't know that person. All I see is the lies that are written across it, the stuff that says I'm okay, I'm fine, but we know that that's not true. So what's so pivotal about this psalm is that David's response is confession. He doesn't run. He doesn't hide. He mans up, and he owns his mistakes. And he sits there, and he says, God, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. This is, this is what I've done. This is, this is who I am. And that's what I love about the psalms. See, when, as we go through the psalms over the next, uh, over the next few weeks, what we're going to realize is a majority of the psalms are laments. They're, they're cries. They're these moments of, of passionate weeping to the Father about the struggles of life. And if you read through the Psalms initially, you kind of, you're like, dude, David is really a bit of a whiner. Like, I kind of just want to give him a little light slap to the face and be like, bro, buck up. Life's tough. So sorry. Get a helmet. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Um, but realistically, it's this beautiful opportunity that the Psalms provides us to take the mask of fake humanity off, and it lets us become who we are. See, there's two different things that you need to realize. There's the idea of reputation, and then there's character. See, reputation is what people think you are, okay? 
Character is who you are. Two very distinct differences. Reputation is the mask that you wear around so that your friends think you're one thing, your parents think you're one thing. I know a lot of you in here I'm like, oh, no, I don't, I don't do that. Lies! I sat where you sat not that long ago. My parents knew nothing about what was going on in my life. The deep, tragic hurts, the deep problems that I was experiencing, they didn't know any of it. They knew my reputation. My reputation was I was a good kid. That absolutely was not true. I have messed my life up so much that at this point I could probably curl the devil's toes with some of my stories. But there's a redeeming factor because my character reflects Jesus. My character reflects the confession of my heart that says, Lord, I need you. I'm so sorry. Did we get that? Did we get the, the God's confession slide? That? Yeah, we did. We did. Okay. Here's the thing. I know some of you in here, and this is cool. Let's get real for a second. Some of you in here um, are at this place where you're like, I don't necessarily love Jesus. Cool. I am not offended by that. That does not scare me. Um, some of you in here, like, Jesus is hype, whatever. I come here on a Wednesday because it's what I'm told to do. Epic. Great. It's the worst places you could be. Here's the thing. Whether it's today, whether it's next week, whether it's two months, whether it's ten years, you're going to come to this point when you realize and you have to face the facts that Jesus is for you. He loves you. See, David realized something in this psalm, and this is really important to grasp. Not just the fact that God is this holy God. He, he, he feels this conviction that this, this sin has bothered him, this guilt that bound him is there, okay, right? We got that. But there's something more important that he, he's come to realize, and that is that God is a God of mercy. Anybody know the difference between mercy and grace? Well, Y'all been in here for a long time. Hit me, hit, hit me with it. Difference between mercy and grace. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Everybody hear that? Cool. Say, say it one more time. Say it nice and loud. Stand up and say it. Say it nice and loud. Exactly. Mercy is not punishing somebody for something that they definitely did do. Grace is giving somebody something that they don't deserve. Okay. Um, David realized that God is a graceful God. God is a merciful God. God's idea is that he wants to, to provide you with something. He wants to give you something more. He wants your heart to connect with him. And let me just give you an idea. In case you don't realize how important and how serious this mess is to Jesus, a little text message from the heavenlies. If we go over to Psalm 56, it's not on the slides. Don't worry. Don't have a heart attack back there, folks. Uh, I can see the look up here like, it's not here. It's not here. You know, you don't have to worry about that. Psalm 56. Does anybody know what it says, by the way? Y'all been in here a long time. What does Psalm 56 say? Anybody know? That's cool. That's all right. Psalm 56 says, you number my wanderings. You put my tears into a bottle. Are they not in your book? When I cry, that's when my enemies turn back. And that is when I know that my God is for me. You see, brothers and sisters, the Psalms allow us to make confession 
so that we can connect with God in a real and a passionate way to become human, to exist in this beautiful state of humanity that God created. I hear all the time people talk about how humanity is doomed. Part of me believes that. But another part of me also has to believe that God created us for something so much more. He would not create a creation just so that he could wipe it out. Do you guys get that? God is the same that he has ever been and ever will be. He's not going to create you just so that he can be like, ha, 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 look at those suckers, they're doomed. Um, and then move on to another galaxy and then go watch them and be like, I will smite them today. And he just wakes up in the morning he's like, ah, I'm feeling in a smiting mood. Who are we smiting? And he just sits there and flies through the galaxy smiting planets. That's not how Jesus works. He wants relationship with you. He wants honesty, integrity, authenticity. And the thing is, is he's so serious about this that he says, hey, I put your tears in a bottle. That's a little creepy. I care about a lot of people. My best friend, who is now over in Germany, we've had some amazing conversations. I promise you, I have never sat there like, oh, buddy, you're crying. Oh, buddy, and collected his tears. I do not have a collection of people's tears sitting on my counter. That would be weird. That'd be really weird. I promise you, you have some weird stuff in your houses, but none of you have a collection of tears. Like, bro, you're going to need some counseling, huh? We, we get you. We get you. It's all right. You come up for prayer afterwards. It's okay. We'll work with it. God wants you. He cares about you. He cares about your heart. And again, I know that some of you are in here saying, that's cool. I still don't believe it. And I get you. Because I remember sitting there getting the absolute tar beat out of me by my dad going, God, please fix this situation. And a couple black eyes later, it still didn't work out. And sitting there starting my junior high year, let's all be honest, junior high is awkward. Come on. Junior high is awkward. It is. It's weird. Your clothes don't necessarily fit right. Some of you are too tall. Some of you are too short. Some of you are just, you're like, your hair's all over the place. Teeth, you're getting those fixed. Junior high is an awkward few years. The worst thing you could do is start and be like, I'm homeless. That's not cool. And how do you answer that? Hey, man, can I come over to your house? Ah. I see my sister already has a reservation on the van for this evening, so I'm going to have to say no, brother. Um, so you can only make up so many excuses. And it's in those moments when you're sitting there and your heart is shattered. And you're, you're like, God, I have nothing. My clothes are terrible. My life is awful. My dad hates me. My mom has no idea what's going on. I'm sitting here in the back of a van eating soup that's been donated, trying to go to school tomorrow, wearing the same outfit because I don't have a washer and a dryer, already coming up with excuses for that, and I'm told that you're this opulent, amazing, beautiful, gift-giving God? Where are you? That's a real place to be. Some of you have gotten your hearts broken over and over again. Some of you have had crazy things in life happen. Some of you have lost family members, brothers, sisters. Some of you, I know, have been impacted by the suicides that have gone on in your schools. That's a real thing. Let's call it out. It's been declared a public health emergency in El Paso County. That is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And when you sit there and you ask God, you say, why? And you get up the next morning and you put another mask on. And you go back to school and you say, no. It's all good. 
and you hear that stupid Lego movie song playing in the background. Everything is awesome! But it's not! What it should really be saying is, everything's on fire! Because <laughs> your life is ending. But you're sitting there trying to convince yourself, because I, I don't know who else you're trying to convince. You're not convincing God, because God's the one that's sitting there going, hey, come back to me. I got you. I know it doesn't look like it right now. So we have to understand that the Psalms allows us to do a couple things. Number one, it allows us to be human. It allows us to take the mask off, to be real, to just stretch. Y'all know like when you get home at the end of the day, you done kick them shoes off, you take the shirt off, you take your pants off, you just sit there on your couch. Don't act like it's weird. You know you do it. And you just sit there and you wait for your dog or your cat and you're just like, ah, Netflix. Yeah, come on. You know it's true. You know it's true. That amazing feeling of like when you get into your bed. Don't you lie. When you get into your bed at night, that, that, that first sock off feeling, and then you slide into your bed after a really long day, and you're like, oh. And the Tempur-Pedic mattress just wraps around you. And the cooling pillows are like, yes. That, that is what Jesus wants to have with you, that real authentic moment. But you can't when you have the mask on. <laughs> the next thing that it lets us do, if we can hit that next slide, it allows us to confess what we've done. We don't do well with secrets, people. I'm going to let you in on a secret. Anyone that has ever said, I promise to keep your secret, is lying. They will not keep it. They may keep it for a while. It may be a very limited number of people who they're going to tell it to, but statistically speaking, humanity is not very good at keeping secrets. I know this. My job is predicated on getting everybody's secrets. When you come and see me at the ER, I'm going to get all your secrets, okay? That's what's going to happen because I need to figure everything out. A lot of those secrets I learn about a lot of other people. So all these secrets that you think people are keeping for you, they're not. Eventually, they're going to tell them. It allows us to be in this moment where we can be real, to confess what we've done in a safe space with a God that is merciful, with a God that is healing, with a God that is graceful. We look at David here. He says, I know that I've been bad. My sins are staring me down. You're the one I violated. You've seen it all. You've seen the full extent of my evil. You've got all the facts before you. Whatever you decide about me is fair. It's this beautiful moment where David's not even trying to, like, pretend he's something he's not. He's like, Jesus, like, you got it. You know it. Like, at this point, it's like that moment when you get caught and you're like, all right, that's fair. <laughs> you got me. That's fair. Whatever, whatever you decide is fair. He says, I've been out of step with you for a long time, and I've been in the wrong since I was born. See, the Psalms allow us to have this moment of confession because, as our married folk in the room will know, unless you confess to each other and talk about things, you just sit and things fester. It's like a big, nasty wound. Has anyone ever seen a really infected wound? Yeah, it's fantastic, right? Let's get a little medical. It's gross. It gets angry. It gets red. Why? Because there's bacteria growing in there. It needs something to clean it out. It needs something to sterilize it. It needs something to make it better. Otherwise, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse and worse. 
It's going to get painful. It's going to get big, and it's going to hurt. And the problem is, is so many of us just walk around all day like one giant weeping wound, just ready to pop, and that's gross. Could you imagine if you, like, bumped into your neighbor and just pus everywhere? That's horrifying. That is a horrifying day. I would be friends with nobody. I'd be like, nah, y'all nasty. Like, there's enough smells in this room as there is, okay? I don't need to add more to that. The Psalms give us the ability to confess, to open our heart, to be true, to clean slate. Now, the second thing that the, or I guess rather the third thing that the Psalms do for us is it gives us this ability to confess who God is. You see, a long time ago, I realized people were interested in my story because it was crazy. Um, I can't give my whole story in here. Uh, one, we don't have time. Number two, we'd probably need parental uh, permission slip signed for that. Uh, my story is crazy. I did a lot of crazy things. Um, I was a terrible human being. When I came back to Jesus, I started giving my testimony. And I realized that people were interested in my story, not because of what God had done, but because of just how crazy it was. It was like, no, you, you didn't do that, right? No. No, that didn't happen. Well, it did. So I stopped talking about it for a long time. Because the more important part here, and it's a very small part in this particular passage, but it's we confess who God is. Because no matter who I am, how crazy messed up my story is, how crazy messed up my family is, how crazy messed up the world is, at the end of the day, the fact is, is that God is bigger than it all. And everything is for his glory. Everything is for your king coming back to exist in your life, to give you amazing gifts, to give you the ability to yearn with him in eternity, to take off your mask, to heal you, to provide for you. That's what it's about. It is about who our God is. At the end of this night, if you remember nothing else from this sermon, remember the fact that it's about who God is. And that's what we see David in this psalm do. He says, generous in love, God give grace. See, truly God's a mercy giver. There's a lot more mercy in God than there is sin on the earth. Y'all feel me on that? There is a lot more mercy in God than there is sin on the earth, and that's pretty profound considering the day and age that we live in. I'm a be honest, I do not envy you guys. I cannot imagine being a student in, in the world that you go to school in. I'm pre-iPhone, folks, okay? I didn't have a lot of the stuff that you guys have to deal with. Twitter was not a thing. I definitely didn't have to worry about Snapchat. Uh, that confused me. Uh, <laughs> she laughed. Yeah, I had no idea what that was. I called it Tweeter when it first came out. Turns out it is not Tweeter. Um, I'm also one of the people that called it a Maymay. Turns out it's a meme. Um, but nonetheless, uh, I was like, what? The hashtag, bro, that's a, that's a number sign, okay? Hashtag is a number sign. You hit, that's pound on a phone, okay? I know that's, it has buttons, okay? Um, I can't imagine some of the stuff that you guys are going through. The reality of the nature that you guys are being bombarded with. People telling you, this is absolute truth. Live your own truth. Oh, I hate that statement so much. You know what the Psalms doesn't say? There's a lot of Psalms out there talking about joy, peace, prosperity, love. Never once did you say, hey, David, what do you think? And David goes, well, I think you should just like, totes, live your own truth, bro. Never. 
Because it's not about your truth. It's about God's truth. And God's truth is that he's a confident God. He's a generous God. He is a gracious God. He is a loving God. And he is a God that is here to take care of you. The Psalms allow us to confess who God is. It allows us to declare the gospel over our life. See, if we read the NIV, it says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Grant me a willing spirit and sustain me. See, David pointed out that the joy is the defining experience of God and that our hearts yearn for that. We have to be with it. And God does, in fact, restore David. It's a beautiful story. He goes through and he restores him in tangible ways. John 1, 9. Anybody know it? John 1, 9. Come on, it's an easy one. Sir. You're close. You're close. I'll give you props for knowing that, though. John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is... That was weak. Come on. If we confess our sins, he is... Exactly. I, listen, some of you new life folk that have been here like since the day that you were born, you know that. Growthies, I know you know that verse. Yeah, don't you look, I know you know that verse. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. God is worthy of confession. God is worthy of us confess. Confessing doesn't always just have to be this element of like, Jesus, I'm wrong, I'm sorry, I sinned. I want you to pivot that, and I want you to think about the idea of confession as this element of just talking. Confessing is just to profess, to talk about what's going on in your day, what's going on in your life, what's going on with Jesus. Where are your hurts? Where are your pains? I know a lot of you have them. You see, here's the thing. What do we do at the end of the day? Van wants to come back up. At the end of the day, what are we going to do when we sit there and we're like, Jesus, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't have anything left. I can't give anything more. That's when we sit there and we confess. That's when we sit there and we, we plow on to Hebrews where it says, you will not take me down, devil, because I have not yet begun to resist to the point of blood. And we go over to Paul where he says in Galatians, I bear on my body the marks of Christ and I will stand with him. And we jump over to Micah where he says, I will surely rise with my Savior. Don't rejoice over me, my enemy. Come on. This is an opportunity for us to stand there with Jesus. To confess the Bible, the very last point we have, that very last slide, we declare the gospel over our lives. This is why we memorize this stuff. It's not just for fun. It's not just because, hey, we need some Bible verses. It's because when life smacks you in the face and the devil is sitting there taunting you, and some of you, that's going to be a life or death situation. Some of you, that's going to be sitting there not knowing where to go when you get out of school. Some of you, that's with your parents. Some of you, that's when your friends are in your face and they are taunting you and they are tearing you down. That's when you fall back to what does, John, uh, what does Jesus say in John? It is written. It is written. He goes back to the scripture. He goes back to what he knows. Those are the Psalms. David declares who God is, the authenticity of what he's done, and what's going on in his life. And it opens for the ability to love Jesus in a whole new way. 
so that we can have the gift of being human and enjoying it, taking off the mask. So as our band here kind of comes to a close, they're going to play this last song. Um, I'm going to have some masks scattered throughout the room with some Sharpies. Um, They're going to be in various corners and locations. What I would challenge you to do, and I really want you guys to think about this, because junior high, you guys get a bad rap sometimes, but here's the thing. A vast majority of my life-changing moments happen between 7th and 8th grade. Some of you are in pretty tight positions. Some of you are in challenging positions. So you don't need to wait to go over to the other side. You don't need to wait for some retreat. I want you to take a moment tonight and confess with God. Say, God, this is where I'm at. This is who I am. And some of you, that's going to be really challenging because you don't really like who you are. But I promise you, God's okay with it. He's going to come in and he's going to put some salve on those wounds and he's going to help it. He's going to fix it. He's going to work with it. You don't have to fix anything up. So while they play this last song, there'll be masks with those Sharpies. I want you to walk up to that mask if you feel like it and write down what's the mask that you've been wearing. And at the end of the night, I'm going to take those masks. They're going to end up as target practice. (laughs) So we're going to destroy them. The point is, lay it down. You have an opportunity tonight. Every opportunity with the Father is something that we should cherish. Uh, If you guys could even drop the lights down a little bit, that'd be great. Um, To have this moment, if you want prayer, find a leader. But I challenge you, I urge you, I beg you, have a moment of confession and see how good it is to just sit there with the sweet, sweet heart of the Father. Everyone stand up for me. Spread out. Spread out. I want you guys to just stand there. Close your eyes. Open your arms. JLo's going to start to play. I just want you to simply say, Jesus, as there's something so sweet about when we confess the name of Jesus, we don't have to do anything else. His name is powerful. We don't have to do anything else. Stand there, open your arms, and just say, Jesus, Jesus, God, Jesus. Thanks again for listening to this message from New Life Student Ministries. If you want to keep up with what's happening with us, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at NL Student Ministries.